0: There's another side to good health, and that's good mental health. Believe it or not, this is actually the strongest Wi-Fi near my house. So. There's
1: a, a phenomenon on our show that we call parking lot Wi-Fi, because very early on, uh-huh. we would do podcasts from precarious places in, in cars, in parking lots, and would frequently drop in and out of conversation. Yep. So we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two.
2: And by we well, we we mean Connor. It's, it's all,
1: Connor. all me. <laughs> I'm the parking lot czar. Well
0: Connor, uh hopefully I, I won't be joining you in that club
3: today. <laughs> we all do, we, it's, it's all love. To see you like in it's not in the flesh, but like to see you like live is is something special, man. I, I yeah. just I'd wanna say thank you for all of your support, all of your kind words. Thank you for just such being such a sweetheart. Um, it, it is truly like oh, uh, a, a gift to, to have you on the show. Um,
0: Rabbi Mark, everybody in the stew <laughs> in the cut. Well, first of all, thank you guys on behalf of myself and, and all, all the rest of us. And second, I feel like maybe I should clear the air about the whole Rabbi Mark thing. <laughs> yeah, first question. Who are you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, who the fuck are you?
0: <laughs> so, my name is Ben. Uh, I am not a rabbi.
2: <laughs> Catfish Bamboozled.
0: So sorry, Drew. Do you need a rabbi? I don't even know what a rabbi is, to be honest. So. <laughs> maybe,
2: maybe, I do, maybe I do need one.
0: So the rabbi mark of it all, I took up golf like so many people during the pandemic. I was playing pool before. Pool halls and bowling alleys were some of the first places to shut down, so I lost access to pool tournaments. Golf was on TV somewhere and it just sort of clicked for me that golf is like pool on 18 tables with 14 cues and uh mm. you know mm. those tables play differently depending on the weather that day or the day before and then the rabbi mark of it is I, I was on eBay looking at staff bags and I found this pristine white ping. I think it was an i3 plus series uh, tour staff bag and it was a $65 ship and I was just flummoxed, you know, having seen what, what most of these other bags are going for until the third or fourth photo in the listing showed the front of the bag and it said Rabbi Mark Gelman. So... <laughs> <laughs> first thing i did was to google this guy and he's a real rabbi he's still with us he's with us you know clearly i never thought i'd be ending up here with the, you guys having to explain all this but i just threw it up threw it up on instagram as a way to sort of document my my golf journey through the eyes of this fictional character i guess so i love that
2: we've had a, we've that's, had a few people that, by the name of the government name of ben that go by different names on this show
1: True, so yeah, that's you're, true. You're, you're,
0: you're in good company I never knew Macklemore was a band. Y'all are well-represented.
1: Quick follow-up questions for you on the for rabbi sure. bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are you Jewish? Yes. Okay. All right. So, okay. Okay. Right. okay. Cool. Sick. Yes. So, like.
2: It's not, right? total, it's not total stolen valor. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Had to check. Had to check. Oh, That's great. No,
0: yes. I'm, I'm very much a real Jew, fake rabbi.
1: Um, I'm not mad at that. Fair. Okay. So. Second question. Does the <laughs> sure. real Rabbi Mark Gilman still profess? Does he still is he still a scholar? Is he active?
0: So he was um he was a part of a duo that was called the God Squad and they had a show. No way. <laughs> what? <laughs> a duo of
1: rabbis? What do you call that? It's yeah, like, like a, it was- a murder of ravens.
0: Right, right. No, no, so it was <laughs> <laughs> no, so it was, it was one rabbi and one, I think, Catholic Monsignor, and their whole thing, I think, was basically a, a show that was, a, you know, in sort of the same way that you guys are a, a, a mental health podcast masquerading as a golf podcast, they were sort of a, a unity show masquerading as I don't know what, but, but it was sort of their <laughs> take on how, how you know, the, the rabbi and the Catholic Monsignor can find common ground. Right. And they can, you know, find find ways to, you know, be friendly in a disagreement. Um, I really mean it when I say I had no idea what I was <laughs> falling into when I ordered that bag.
3: I love stuff like that, though. You know, like I, I mean, we don't talk about religion um, um, almost never on the show, but I love the fact that these two mm-hmm. were like, "Yeah, we could do this. We could, we could, yeah. we, we could put, we could put on for for your set and my set." And guess what? Yeah, People go right. pull up, and I bet you they did. Because here we are talking about it. Start <laughs> of a bad joke is um, a rabbi and a Catholic Monsignor start a show called the God Squad. <laughs> and for the re- for
2: the remainder of the show, would you prefer that we call you Mark or Ben?
0: You can call me whatever you want.
2: Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess. What was your experience with golf pre-COVID? I, I know you said you you got into it because of that, but had you? Yeah. yeah what w- walk us through? Was, was young Ben playing golf, interested in golf, watching golf?
0: So my mom's folks had a place down in Palm Springs, and their backyard actually opened up to the fourth fairway. It was at Tamarisk Country Club, which I think used to host the Bob Hope Classic. I had no concept of golf beyond sitting on grandpa's lap, driving the golf cart from the house to the club for lunch and back. I'm really, really thankful I have one photo of myself and my grandpa on the green of the fourth hole. And he's got his putter and I've got my, you know, yellow Fisher price piece. And we're just standing there face to face. So I do have record of the very first time I ever did golf stuff. And then I think growing up once, you know, in between all the other sports I was, I was playing growing up, I did take a golf lesson, but it was sort of like, you know, I'm I'm a lifelong musician, and I always say I, I wish mm. I stuck with piano before I quit because it wasn't cool. Mm. Mm. And mm. I, th- yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I sort yeah. of had that feeling with golf at the time where, you know, my friends were playing basketball. My friends were getting into volleyball, which I ended up playing, you know, at a pretty high level through high school. But, yeah, I just think golf wasn't cool, which I'm sure isn't, you know, a, a new story. And then, yeah, it was mostly in the pandemic that it just sort of clicked for me. Your point
1: about golf lessons and piano lessons and things not showing you the cool side of what was actually there is a really yeah. interesting one and a very valid one the amount yeah. of disciplines arts sports crafts hobbies whatever that have been just like ruined for children by the extent to which those lessons are terrible is it's yeah. got to be through the roof like it just crushes like i remember i remember taking piano lessons when i was like 8 and being like the the teacher trying to teach me, you know, Beethoven's 5th and I'm like, "Bro, what? Like I want to learn like Wu-Tang Clan's Cream. Yes. Like I want to I want to like <laughs> I want I want to play Alicia Keys." Like That's what I'm saying. "Quit man. it quit it with these dusty powdered wig, motherfuckers. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it's true of every pursuit, you know, including the super academic ones. Like I was a kid who yep. Really, really struggled with math and science until, you know, unfortunately, I think it was seventh or eighth grade. I had a physics teacher who finally showed me that physics is cool because physics is golf. Physics is billiards. Physics is, you know, if you want to get into aerospace design, physics is all that stuff. But if you don't have somebody who can actually, you know. It's it's really hard. And I, I've seen it, you know, again, I, I've taught a lot of kids on a handful of different instruments over the years and it's really tough to see kids who they just didn't connect with an instructor and it, it's really hard, you know. And and golf is wild with that because, you know, YouTube golf instruction is rotten with, you know, like the, I posted something a while ago about the Hank Haney one-shot slice fix, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, you know how do you how do you find an instructor that speaks your language that, that right. can actually mm-hmm. show you how to how to do that dance?
1: Not to mention the the commodification of golf instruction is just insane. Oh, like yeah. you, like the inf, the infomercialization of it mm-hmm. is yeah. untouched by other industries. It feels like for real. Yeah, this club will get you out of the bunker every time.
0: Well, Connor, yeah, you you know you said something on on the last sort of mini episode the the update about the the content industrial complex and the golf content industrial complex is wild and i'm sure you guys have been having chats about that and being super conscious of you know how do we make stuff that that one is valuable and two Mm. actually speaks to people because it's tough
1: i struggle with that but knowing that that conversations like this Are taking place makes me feel better about it because you know drew pointed this out in a text shortly before we hopped on here this is the first episode that we're recording where our guest knows more about us than we do about them and that's (laughs) i think that's a really that's a really beautiful thing and something that's probably really rare in any form of media
0: you guys should feel you know and and y'all three and maya and liz included and you know whoever else is involved behind the scenes should all feel really good about it because it's you know from from day one episode one you know the the first I don't even remember what the first bit of golf group golf therapy content that I consumed was but it's been nothing but authentic the whole way through. Oh man, that's love. Well,
2: we're I mean we're 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 happy that the the algorithm gods sent you our way or sent us your yeah. way, whichever 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 happened first.
1: Ben, Mark, I'm curious, um, (laughs) (laughs) as a consumer, as a golf consumer, and certainly as somebody who's new to the game, you know, as a player, as a buyer of things and as a consumer of media, what are what are some things that you're like noticing right now about how the game has shifted across all its forms in the last couple of years since you've picked it up? What's working for you? What's what feels weird for you in the sport? and the culture.
0: What should be fairly obvious that works for me is the old stuff and hmm. you know, finding it, saving it from the one, two, dollars bin at play it against sports, finding somebody out there who wants it, who will put it in the bag and you know, play it and love it. There's something about finding old stuff that has always really juiced me up. What I think is maybe the other side of that coin that doesn't work for me is there's a lot of trash hmm. being generated in the golf industry and Mm -hmm. you know I I mean that both in sort of a a broad stroke as well as you know at a really granular level because like I'll be coming back from LA and I'll stop at the Roger Dunn that's halfway home and about as often as I'm finding gems I'm flipping through a bunch of stuff that it's ugly Mm. it's you know a lot of it is those like built for obsolescence cavity backs that have Mm. the little you know, plastic badges in the back and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's stuff that everybody ends up buying as a starter set. Right. You know, may, maybe people don't need quite as big a training wheel as golf companies think they do. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's just crazy. Like every time I open the explore feature on Instagram, there's a new reel of a guy in a golf warehouse full of those blue plastic drums And it's just as far as the eye can see golf equipment. And I'm really torn because like the bin hunter in me gets juiced up whenever I see a big pile of shit that I could you know possibly be hunting through. But it's also like 98.9% of that stuff is just going to sit there for the next year, five years, 10 years. So, you know, I I, I sort of have a, a bit of a background in land use and sustainability and it just... It's always in the back of my mind, you know. And it's it's golf clubs, it's golf apparel companies, and this is where it's really touchy because, like, you know, who am I to start telling people not to start a fun business? But like every day, I feel like there's a new golf brand with a shitty golf pun for a name, making <laughs> shitty golf polos. You could do like a like a mix them up and swap the merch from all these companies, and nobody even works at those companies would know that you had swapped all this shit out you know
2: the problem with that too uh ben is i see the new the new brands popping up but i also see legacy brands that are also putting out shit Mm -hmm. and it's 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 really disheartening because Mm -hmm. it's just like nothing in this space uh, aside from you know friends of friends of the pod uh cole and 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 people aren't doing anything interesting or new um it's 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 very tired and and uh but but somehow it still resonates with people otherwise they wouldn't keep doing this i think right like i like how does this keep happening like who's funding these, these projects
0: well you know it's it's a really interesting point because i feel like when i think back to when i first got into golf you know i i very quickly did a deep dive into like the the retro golf aesthetic and retro golf equipment and you know why are blades so elusive mm-hmm. you know that whole freaking thing which which led to honestly the name that's on the hat which is the cutlery club mm-hmm. because it's you know blades butter knives spoons mm-hmm. um you know all these sort of references to forks and knives and and all that but to circle back to you know putting putting out new garbage I had friends that were like, oh, you know, like you should make a logo and make some merch. And my first thought was like, I don't want to put out another batch of Hanes beefy tees with a shitty silk screen that, you know, is going to end up in a Goodwill and then in a landfill. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why like these hats, they're vintage dead stock hat blanks that I've just had in storage because I knew that. They, that I liked them and that they'd come in handy. But it's it's just really hard to see in golf how much new bad stuff people buy <laughs> out of complete innocent ignorance. Like when I got into yeah. the game, I was going to Target and buying solid colored right. cotton polo shirts because that was the simplest way to look halfway decent but not be doing the like bad birdie neon <laughs> vomit like this is the thing too. Like you know, there I'm sure there are people, and I'm sure there are people that I'm friends with that if they played golf, that bad birdie neon stuff would be their aesthetic, and somebody should be making it for those people. Sure. Um, but I just you know I I have a hard time. I was at a, a barbecue recently, and a guy who has maybe been playing for six weeks, he was saying, "Oh yeah, like I've been playing this brand new top flight box set, and now I'm gonna go and buy." a full bag of sim 2 max and i'm sitting here thinking how many people get into the game thinking that they need those training wheels
3: mm.
0: only, to, only to find out and figure out you know six weeks or maybe even six months later that you know that six hundred dollars that maybe they spent on a box set could have been put towards a full bag of and mind you super heady hipster vintage gear You know, like that's the part that bums me out is people are missing out on this, this playfulness that, you know, I love it. I dig it.
2: I I, I do think one thing that I've seen that has come back. So, I mean, you know, from listening to the show, like we all played college golf, like we all kind of grew up playing golf. And and for me, it was like, it was easily one of my first loves. And I was like, I, I leaned into the fact that it was nerdy and not cool. And, um, I, I liked it anyways, um, even though it you know it, it wasn't it wasn't a cool thing to do, especially in like the late '90s, early 2000s when I was growing up. So, it for me, brands like Metalwood and Cole Yo- Cole Owens Cole Young, uh, the fact that he is making the '90s golf cool is is like insane to me because, in my opinion, that was one of the worst eras of, of style and fashion and 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 just everything in golf. And the fact that he's making right. go, going like you're saying hunting for heady hipster blades um goodwill golfing yourself like the fact that you guys are making golf vintage golf cool it's i mean i i i don't even know what to say like it, it's amazing like that's mm. that's the world that i want to exist in even though you know maybe i don't want to play those clubs or or dress like that I, it's cool that that there are people that are being really intentional about about that viewpoint and aesthetic and and other people are are resonating with it that are you know millennial or younger right yeah well said
0: yeah i mean the 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 nerdiness of it is a funny perspective because like i said i think i think at a less than conscious level that was why when it came into my sphere of consciousness as a kid i didn't i didn't really grab onto it but you know cole I can't remember if it was in a written interview. It might have even been when you guys had him on. But he talks about he's got a dream of like playing in a tournament. The first couple of days, like super straight ahead, buttoned up, playing with you know modern modern gear, and then yeah. showing up on the last day just with like the most <laughs> fuck you, like look at my skis. That was know. with
3: us. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, man. Boot cut That's denim. So funny. <laughs> cowboy yes yeah, yeah. and, a, and, a, yeah. and a cowboy hat <laughs> Ben mark take me back um, to childhood what what were your interests uh, I know you said you were a musician um, and you you played sports you, you played high school sports and, and I'm assuming club sports at a high level what were some of your favorite memories from like childhood that you've brought into Kind of like the whole ethos of the brand of Rabbi Mark.
0: So sports growing up for me, just cause that's a really easy concrete one. I was an athlete and not really a sports person, if that makes any sense. So, mm. so sports for me was more about, you know, the, the physical pursuit and then the teamwork and the camaraderie and, yeah. you know, the sort of interpersonal dynamic of it all. Um, so out of all the sports I ended up playing, uh, volleyball was the one that I, I ended up taking the most seriously and, and took the furthest and played at the highest level. So for most of my career, I was a setter, and it took me a while to sort Can of figure Can I interrupt it you out.
1: really quickly? I'm so sorry. Yeah. Everyone I've ever spoken to who says they play volleyball says that they were a libero. So you just cracked so. the code. Everybody was just like, I was a libero. I played volleyball. I was a libero. So the fact that you said that, I think they only say that because it's a fancy word that makes you ask another question. You just broke that code, so thank you very much. I can tell you're a real one.
0: Well, uh, let let the code remain unbroken, but you should know that uh, when I eventually stopped playing in the center position, they moved me to libero. But <laughs> <laughs> the point that that I guess I was trying to make about that specific position and it took me a few years of really thinking about it, uh, to, to figure out why that was where I felt like I belonged is, you know, if everything goes according to plan, you touch the ball at least once every play. And, and on top of that, you're sort of at the center of whatever's going on. Mm. You're sort of where a lot of you know, the team communication, whether that be verbally or hand signals behind the back. But I think for me, it it was more, it was more about all that stuff than win or lose or, you know, bronze, silver, gold at the junior Olympics. And, um, it it was just about having fun, doing a thing that we were all kind of working on together. So yeah, I, I, I have found it interesting that in my, my more adult years, I've kind of been more about the individual pursuits. Like, pool and golf and it's easy i'm a scorpio for whatever that's worth to all of you guys and same oh hell yeah hell scorpio
2: yeah gang. big scorp
0: so so you know it's it's really easy for me to to be my own biggest critic and start taking something a little bit more seriously than it needs to be and i just always try to surround myself with you know folks who want to play golf to have fun mm. um i i really resonated with that sort of chunk of your guys' interview with Eric Van and about, you know, how how he was going to try to take from your session that notion of, you know, golf is fun and he does it for work and mm-hmm. that's something I, I could never relate to, but it was pretty cool to hear him say that, you know, that was his big takeaway.
3: Yeah. Well, Something cool that you said, when you were younger, you know, sports was about having a good time with your friends. Um, that's I mean, when I interact with folks like you and, and Connor drew and like our, our circle on the internet, that's what that feels like to me. It might not be a team sport, but the camaraderie is real as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we have our shorthand, we have inside jokes, we have common, mm-hmm. uh, there's, a, there's a common thread there, you know? Um, there's a glossary of terms. There's a glossary of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> parking lot Wi-Fi being one of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cole Owens, <laughs> Cole Owens being another. Um, I I get that from you though, because the way that you interact with all of us, I feel is is extremely genuine. You're the same person mm-hmm. with all of us. You, um, I mean, in your in your messages and even just like seeing you live, talking to you, like you are just su- such a genuine human being and like i, I mm-hmm. where does that come from like like why are you so warm you're a real life setter for real <laughs>
0: um, well first of all that's a high compliment the, the obvious one i have hugely amazing parents siblings um you know my my my, f- my family itself is pretty large. I usually tend to k- keep a smaller friend group, but um, just, you know, I've been really lucky to have that modeled um, and to, to have it modeled that, that that's an important thing in life. And in a lot of situations, that's the only thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and also, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a conflict resolution person i guess sometimes too and oftentimes the path of least resistance is just be nice just be honest mm. and you know it's it, it can be increasingly difficult to stick to that you know in situations where you're not being met in the middle but mm. I, I just feel like why why try to do anything else
1: i want to know from you uh, as, as someone who i very much consider to be part of the the group golf therapy team part of the family what what are you looking for from golf and from us what what's what is something that will make you feel like you are seen you are being spoken to you are heard
0: what I look for from golf you know a little bit of an escape a little bit of a a new puzzle to solve two to four hour journey of self-discovery new ways to find to be more compassionate with myself i was playing a a, around super early in the morning the other day with my little brother and, and he started talking about how he's trying to play more compassionate golf and i really loved that wow because i i i sort of thought i knew what he was saying but i asked him to explain it a little more and he just said you know I'm just realizing more and more the value in just being nice to myself on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, how cool is that? And how true is that? You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I find I play my best golf when I'm a little bit distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I definitely also play better golf when I'm being nice to myself. You know, I, that, that same morning round, I saved par twice on two different par threes. And I turned to him after the second one and I said, you know, I have to be really honest with you and tell you that I was really unhappy with that chip until I hold out and save par. And it's like, how funny is that? Like how quickly we can decide when it's convenient to just change our minds about how we're, how we're processing a situation yeah. and how, and how quickly I went from, you know, you missed your landing spot. You know, you could have been within gimme range and you're 12 feet down hill in a millisecond. As soon as the ball was in the cup to mm-hmm. man, this game is easy.
3: <laughs> you're like, I love this golf is-
0: again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, everybody who's ever played golf knows that feeling. Yeah. But um, but I just found it so interesting how quickly I was able to just change my mind.
3: Maybe your younger I- brother is the rabbi in the family. Shit, man, he's pretty. He's pretty smart. Compassionate <laughs> golf. That is so beautiful. Yeah. yeah, that's a great term. Like, yeah, and it it struck me particularly because, um, I put together like two like halfway decent rounds this week. But I was not at all kind to myself. hmm like interesting
1: at all. do you think that's because you were playing well and you expected more of
3: yourself? I, like no like <laughs> I, I uh I, I broke 80 twice and they were t- two of three of those rounds I had this year. so it's not like it's like I come to expect it you know um, right 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 but i guess because i had like i was like oh par 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 bogey par bogey i'm like no like where are my pars yeah putting so so much pressure on myself to perform mm-hmm. and and like what's uh le- uh who's the character lenny he, lo- he loves it so much he just wants to like of
1: mice and men yes just yeah like,
3: that's that's what I felt myself doing. I'm like cussing at myself. Chris
1: Farley, Chris Farley with the bread roll.
3: Yes, <laughs> me with honey right
0: now. <laughs> well, I was <laughs> just gonna. <laughs> don't do it. No.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say you are also sleep devi- deprived from mothering a new puppy. That is so true. It, it's you, you have to cut yourself some. Be be compassionate to yourself yeah. for for being uncompassionate. Yo, Any compassionate
3: experience. golf. I'm taking that to the next round. Like. Yeah, I'm we're so serious.
2: we the I was gonna say that we gotta add that to the glossary of terms. Because like com- compassionate golf is, is almost an oxymoron, you know, like <laughs> <Right>. yeah, <laughs> golf golf is self inducing, self-inflicting harm, mental and physical harm to yourself. Um like I'm just thinking from my own life experiences. I was not I was never a compassionate golfer, even though I played at a, a pretty high level, because what I saw was tiger woods mm-hmm. tiger woods by tiger was my role model and anyone that's watched professional golf knows tiger is the least compassionate person to himself mm-hmm. his, his, yeah, his or, or is, others or anyone <laughs> right. um, so like as as that as as like a role model or the person that i saw playing at the highest level and, and me wanting to emulate that and me wanting to emulate what tiger did you know you're gonna you're gonna drop f-bombs you're gonna throw clubs you're you know you're gonna talk poorly to yourself after a bad shot and that was just what I knew for a long time until I came back to the game and and realizing that it, it didn't matter like making a double bogey three putting it it doesn't matter like you can the fun is not in the score and that yeah. was like extremely liberating for myself and um, yeah I mean compassionate golf is 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 what we preach on this sh- on this show and and uh, you know when we play in real life so I love that yeah we're, we're using it Trade we're part. definitely using
1: it. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. I, I feel like one of the biggest things that golf is teaching me is forgiveness, mm. and I say teaching me currently as in not has not not taught because I'm, I'm certainly not perfect in it. But forgiveness is a is a big piece of learning for me in my golf journey. You know, you hit a bad shot and you get angry that the shot did not go where you wanted it to. Forgiving yourself for hitting that bad shot, forgetting, forgiving the wind for maybe gusting five miles an hour faster than it was at a dress that knocked your ball down, takes all of the power away from what just happened. And I think, um, you know, I've hit a bad shot and, and thought to myself, okay, I made a mistake. My intention was pure. My intention was not to hit a bad shot. My intention was not malice. My intention was to hit a great shot and I made a mistake. When in other parts of life am I going to be mad at myself when my intentions were pure and I made a mistake? I think we set these incredibly rigid expectations for ourselves that are obviously cast on us from, like Drew said, watching Tiger, watching the media, watching other professional golfers hold themselves to a, a, an incredibly high standard because they're getting paid to do it. And we assume those standards as well. And I think the moment that you can own that forgiveness and own those mistakes as happenstance, speed bumps, the quicker you will get to forgiving yourself and moving forward.
3: Mm.
1: So, it, yeah, the, the compassionate golf thing is uh, f- flipping brilliant, and I'm we're we're absolutely
3: yeah. Make sure you let him know too. Like we're oh, uh, he'll 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 know because he listens. <laughs> there you go. I love that. <laughs> He Rabbi know,
0: Chris, Rabbi, yeah, Chris. Uh, Rabbi Eli Rabbi Eli uh. of course <laughs> That's great No man I I love I love that about forgiving yourself you know I, I I have a couple of friends who are also musicians who have somewhat recently taken up golf and we talked about how golf and music are kind of similar in the way that you have private rehearsal time. Mm. Where you're either sitting at home or you're in the woodshed, you're in the practice space, and you're just running through the motions. You're just doing drills. You're, yeah. you know, having swing thoughts. And then you go out and you play a game. And mm. everybody's going to play a bad game. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're lucky, you play a lot of them because you learn a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're really lucky, you learn how to deal with those bad ones early on. But it's it's a very similar thing about, you know, okay, so you had a bad gig. Are you not going to let yourself try again? You know? And some nights it feels like that. Some nights it feels like I'm going to hang this up. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's forgiveness is huge.
1: Well, and <laughs> we say a lot, too. You're not a real golfer until you've quit the game at least once in your life.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not there yet. Yeah, I'm you still. You still you're in this infancy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the honey of golf.
2: Yes. <laughs> Newborn um, placenta. Well, I
3: <laughs> still got the. Is, still got test. mother's milk. <laughs> what you know? Si- since you're you know so new um, in your adulthood, I'm I'm wondering like when you pull up to a round, like, what are you excited about? Like, is, is it just the chance to play golf or is it like, yo, I was on the range. Like I really got my seven iron down. Like I'm, I'm dialed in. Like these are, these are like typically questions we don't really ask, but like, you know, you're, you're newish to the game. So like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I want to, I want to know like what, what gets you up? Like what gets you excited about playing?
0: I like squeezed all the juice out of my tolerance for YouTube golf instruction really early on. <laughs> and um what what I really love that I saw recently is I don't know if you guys know who Rondel Barrio is. He's a coach who coaches oh. Cole and he, you know, he coaches a bunch of other funny celebrities and all this, but um he's RDB golf tips on Instagram. Shouts out to
3: him. Oh Ron. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yep.
0: But he he posted a video recently that, you know, he had been getting DMs left and right from people, you know, when are you gonna start making swing videos? When are you gonna start you know, posting lesson content. And his video response was, I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to make a video, but it's not about the golf swing. It's about how to take a golf lesson. And Mm. this Connor is full circle to the point we were making earlier about how many instruct bad instructors or sorry, more fairly mismatched instructors, Mm. because I'm Mm -hmm. sure that most of them are well-intentioned, but how many mismatched instructors have ruined golf for people? So Ron's whole take is I'm going to teach you how to communicate with your golf pro to either get what you need out of them or figure out that they're not the right person. Interesting. Hmm. And so for me, when I go to to play around and I've been working on stuff, it's a lot of self-analysis. And I'm trying to learn how to be my own best teacher. And so much of that is this stuff that we've talked about, being compassionate, being forgiven, being willing to try stuff you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a setup at home where I can hit off of a mat into a net so I can do all kinds of funny, you know, like the uh, Shooter McGavin, you know, privately practicing the Happy Gilmore Swing in the Woods.
1: Amazing. I can Amazing. try
0: stuff and, and make a fool of myself in private. And right. um, so it, it's that it's going and, and seeing if I can put into practice some of the stuff that I've been exploring and make it work.
1: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, the online therapy platform that the three of us use. I use it religiously, and it's led to a great relationship with a therapist that I have from anywhere in the country.
2: We love it because you can pick and choose someone just like dating, but even better since this is such a a very personal time commitment and position that you're putting yourself in. And you can take 10% off your first month of therapy using
3: our link. And if you use code GGT at checkout, that will activate that 10% off your first month, courtesy of Group Golf Therapy and BetterHelp.
1: Go to betterhelp.com slash GGT for 10% off your first month of service. Hit them straight, mind your golf, and stay tuned for our BetterHelp moment of clarity later in this episode. Should uh, Should we go meet Potatoes? You you know the meat and potatoes questions probably better than almost <laughs> like, anybody, better than damn most. near better than we do probably. Connor,
0: Connor, better than I know the Ten Commandments. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Well, we we only got like we only got like four or five, so you know, right? Yeah, we, we, keep, it, yeah. we keep it we yeah. keep it light. You know which one we're going to hit you with first? Then, uh huh.
1: Rabbi Mark, what are some of your favorite golf smells?
0: Woo. I I could agree with so many people. I mean, Cole just hit it out of the park with the gas carts. That was him, right?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: But I'm, I'm honestly more of a sound guy. So not, not that I honestly, not that I've been giving it a, a whole ton of thought, but when a ball machine dispenses all the balls in one single dump,
3: yo, <laughs> yo, that's a rare. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Usually it's two pumps. Yeah. It's a couple of Lucy's. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah i mean usually it's it's either two pumps or it's like kind of a feeble trickle mm. of balls.
1: Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a geriatric <laughs> pour
0: yeah but it's that it, it it sort of feels similar to me to like some some like cheap ass old motels the ice machine will do that where it's a single serving all at once mm. yeah.
2: this is what cool. you get
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah I get I don't know. It, there's something about that there's something about that sound where it's like you're at the range let's go
2: i love it <laughs> that is a good, that, we, we might need to add a new segment now damn i really like that yeah golf sounds no, i mean it's the,
3: it is such a, a a full sensory game i mean really yeah man smells scent taste your walk-up song Your musician hmm. so talk to me you know you're walking up to the first tee you're at you're at a sb country club they're like rabbi Mark ben to the first tee
0: you know, I'm gonna pander to Bradford and say honey by the Ohio players. Mmm.
3: Writing that one down. What would your
2: master's dinner consist of? We need the taste.
0: This is a tough one too, and I knew these were coming. <laughs> <laughs> I was never I was never one for homework.
1: You always get you always got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Exactly.
0: I know, right? Um I'm gonna say. Mom's lemon chicken. Mm. Shouts to mom. Mom's noodle kugel, probably up front.
1: Bruh. Um, Give me some fucking kugel.
0: A Caesar salad, because I'm not I'm not huge on greens, but I need to be eating them. <laughs> and mom's chocolate chip cookies for dessert. Wow, Yo, mom.
2: Damn.
3: Okay, we're pulling I'm, up I'm for. For Easter Sunday, for uh, Shabbat, for Passover. Passover, we're pulling up because it sounds like mom could throw down.
0: She could throw down. Chef I love mum
3: it. for the win. Rabbi mum.
1: All right, Mark, Ben, I need to know. Yeah. If, yes, sir. If you, were, if you were to play a round of golf with a younger version of yourself, what would that conversation look like?
0: a a common thread I think for a handful of guests has been to go easy on yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's that, that's that whole compassionate golf thing, compassionate life in pretty much everything I ever did. I, I usually found a way to, to put too much pressure on myself. So yeah, I, I think that would probably be at the top and then at the bottom would be, you know, Hey, like, few years from now there'll be these things called podcasts and i know you don't really know what that means but you should start one there's a pretty good one um yeah no just just to go easy and have fun i'm a i'm the second child i have two younger brothers and an older sister and I, i found myself putting pressure to be a little more like older sister and to be a little bit of a good role model for the younger brothers and I just think a lot of stuff could have been more fun if I just chilled out a little.
1: That is that is a common theme. We needed to have been kinder to ourselves.
3: Well, the blessing is we're still here. We still have time. Right. And we get we get a new opportunity every single day that we wake up, every single breath that we take. We get a chance to heal that inner child. And we get a chance to spend time with that person, and that's just mm-hmm. that is so beautiful. And um, conversations like the Preach. one we have today. <laughs> hey, man, look, I I I am a mosaic of all of the the life experiences and the conversations and the people that I meet, and mm-hmm. um, and I was gonna say, you know, like conversations like this one are uh, reminders of just that, mm-hmm. um. We, we we get a new opportunity every day and we can't take it for granted um mm-hmm. what i wanted to say for that um ben mark is it sounds like you have a, a warm family and my get my assumption is my sense is that like holidays birthdays uh are joyous occasions can you can you paint just like a a, a picture of like what's like a core memory that you have with your family that is uh, shit. It don't have to be PG at all. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, you know was, was going to say like, like something you could share with the audience. I, shit. It's the internet. Say what you want to say.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, this is, this is, uh, it's oddly golf related. And I was going to say, are we adults allowed to have core memories as adults? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. I get one every day. So, last winter, last holiday season, the immediate family took a trip up to Carmel. And the reason we chose Carmel is myself, one of my two younger brothers, and my brother-in-law were golfers now. Big, Big air quotes on the golfers. But it was kind of an excuse to go somewhere that's kind of a golf mecca, and it's also a chill place for the rest of the family to hang out. So... We booked a tee time at the Hay, which is Tiger's 9-hole par 3. And uh, I have a niece who was roughly two-ish, two and a half, I think, at the time. And we just thought, what a perfect way for everybody to get some golf in in Carmel. We can all say that we played Pebble Beach together. Long story short, my brother-in-law was I think he was being a little bit more impatient than was necessary, considering the vibe at the hay. but he was kind of doing the, the you know the nervous golf tour guide thing where he was making sure everybody was you know keeping up pace of play even though there was nobody behind us and, mm-hmm. and all this. He's about halfway between my girlfriend and her ball and the hole. and he's walking away and she just stripes one right into the back
3: of his head. Uh, I was not expecting that. (laughs) (laughs) And he's dead. Core memory. (laughs) Right, right.
2: Lots of memories.
1: (laughs) Now
3: he's like, guys, we need to be more compassionate. (laughs) Of course.
0: (laughs) Forgive yourself. <laughs> he's fine. He's, he's very much alive. He's very much fine. Um, but I mean like when I say striped it, I mean like the kind of contact where the ball doesn't exist. You know just nut it, just uh. right
1: through. Pure.
0: <laughs> so so yeah, so he he stopped walking, <laughs> fell straight back on his back and was maybe a little more dramatic than necessary, but that's very much a core. <laughs> Get you know, up! Don't rub it! Don't rub it! Core golf family bonding experience. <laughs> uh, well, oh my
2: I mean, god! <laughs> that that would have fit in, in our, our, when we were talking about. Have you ever been hit by a golf ball? Um, <laughs> right. Should just inserted that <laughs> right there. Jesus.
3: Oh. Uh. Yeah, I love. But, it. I mean, that yeah.
2: was that was that also maybe the time you might have laughed the hardest and you shouldn't have laughed the hardest because that's uh that's pretty that's pretty damn good. Yeah, were you laughing? Was the mood somber?
0: So what? I, what I love is I've been I've been, you know, resisting the urge to tell you guys this story because I saw that series that you guys did about getting hit. But this also is for sure and will likely be for a very long time the hardest I have ever laughed on a all. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. That's great.
2: As long as he's okay,
1: yeah, right, it sounds like right. he is.
2: As long as he's laughing too, and not just from the concussion, he's good. <laughs> yeah, he's
3: mostly he's mostly good. Just a little CT, yeah. a
2: little CT. It's he got fine. that. He good. got that eye
3: twitch, but I'm pretty sure he had that when he was a kid. You know. <laughs> yeah, she got the cloudy eye. Right. <laughs> Yo, we. Um, Every once in a while we get we get a guest that's just like feels like fucking family. And, and I, I love all of our guests. I truly, I truly, truly mean that. Like our connections are actually special. Mm-hmm. But you've been somebody that's been super solid from day one since since day one of interacting with us. And I, I like time. We need to make it a point that the next time all of us are on this coast, we got to get you down to play with us. It's gotta happen. Absolutely. Yerp.
0: Something tells me that we'll we'll end up catching up sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, that's true. You were very kind in sending each of the three of us one of your new hats um, and and a another, a handwritten note as well, which was really lovely. And Brad um, sent us a photo of the note that you sent to him with the words grow the game underlined and you said those three words still matter
3: man that should hit me in my fucking chest
1: yeah dude what like
3: it's a core it <laughs> does mountain.
1: they do fucking matter those words still matter yeah. yeah i don't have anything to say about that it's just like it that was uh that was like perfectly put mm-hmm. perfectly put to the point and brilliant thank you for that because it does. Oh no!
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought, you know, I thought that it was worth, and and I, I had a feeling that that would make make its way to to the other two of you guys, but I just thought it was worth saying because there was such a, you know, I don't know if it was that rumor about Eric Anders Lang stiffing a caddy or what, or if it was before that, but there seemed it seemed like there was this weird backlash about like. You know, fuck anybody who says grow the game because that doesn't mean anything because nothing grows the game because nothing matters. And I was mm. like, fuck that. Mm. You know, like there are people out there who are, at... <laughs> yeah, it's serious golf nihilism, and it it really bugged me because you know, like I mean, not to toot my own horn or or to to be self masturbatory to use Drew's certain phrase, but like I, part of why I love thrifting golf gear is because i can give it away mm. and hmm. and i've been able to like a fucking drug dealer with some of my little brother's <laughs> friends say like here buddy the first half set's free you know <laughs>
3: yes
2: <laughs> you want the three iron gotta pay for it
0: and and you know like i don't by no means do i want any you know praise from anybody for growing the game but like that's what this is all about. And yeah. Brad, that's what, that's what, you know, that's the team sport that we're all playing. It's, mm. you know, can we actually grow the game in a world where some people are pretending to, and some people are outright saying that's a futile exercise.
3: Yeah. So wow.
0: I just thought that, that you guys needed to know,
3: man, I appreciated it. Cause honestly, Well, I hadn't really thought about it or talked about it much leading up to that message. But for like the large majority, like the last year, I was on, you know, team fuck grow the game, you know, because yeah, yeah, because I I saw what capital G golf interpreted grow the game as and it was so off putting and I didn't feel seen or heard or validated or represented whatsoever in any of their efforts. Um, and I still feel very valid in that, you know, like, but to know that there's still like a glimmer of hope in, in folks like yourself, like that was, I, I, I truly needed that. Um, and I don't know if you knew that I needed that, but I did. So thank you. The rabbi sees all. Thank you.
2: (laughs) His third eye is fully open. Thank you. Yeah, man.
1: No, it's, it, 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 it gives us a lot to think about um and remember that growth can happen in more than one area it doesn't just mean more tea times on the sheet it means yeah a a growth in mindset it means a growth in compassion it means a growth in the team Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so that and this session i think have given us all a lot to to think about and carry with us so thank you for that ben no yeah seriously
0: thank you guys well, Connor, I, ju- I, I just want to, as a, as a teaser for whenever we're in the same place next, just given my background in land use and all that, uh, you you posted a, a sneaky little quick story recently. I think something to the effect of, there should be fewer golf courses, right? <laughs> um, I'm sure that I'm not the only one who saw it and who wants to have that conversation more deeply.
1: Yeah, man. Because
0: that is a place where my heart is very torn because I love golf and I love open space. Yeah. And next time on the God squad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're start, we're gonna start the group chat after
0: this is all. This is talk. Rabbi
1: Mark Gilman signing off from the God Squad. Yeah, man,
0: I'm so I'm so fucked if he and I ever get paired up for the same tea time, and I have that motherfucker's bag on my cart.
1: You know he's playing the same L.A. area Muni every morning at 7:55 a.m. Absolutely, mm-hmm. or 6. every 55. single morning or 6:55.
0: Yeah, to be more fair.
1: Yeah. I really hope that happens. Wow, fuck, we have to. <laughs> We should, uh, we should get him on the show. Mark, close your ears for a second. Yeah. We should, we should, we should make that happen. We should make that. Happen. <laughs> we, should, we should make
2: that. We should make that. We should we should, we should. we should.
1: There he we is. We should, we should reverse engineer hey, go. You found him.
2: He's, he's he's very accessible online. He's got yeah. great teeth.
0: So so like two or, three times, two or three times. Two two or three times I've been tagged on Instagram in posts by like. Jewish nonprofits who think that they're Amazing. tagging a real Rabbi Mark.
1: Outstanding. Yo, that got, gives
0: me a heart attack every time. He's got a podcast. Time. Yeah, dude. He has a fucking podcast. Does he know oh, that his she, identity
1: has been jacked? Fully?
0: No, dude, and I'm she, really scared about what's going to happen when he finds
2: out. Season one, a podcast you can believe in. <laughs> Rabbi Mark Gelman. A podcast the God squad. Can you can
0: believe in. <laughs> That sounds like it was the. That sounds like it was the throwaway tagline for group golf therapy.
2: <laughs> it it actually is. Damn it! I think we have to. I think we have to. I think we have to put a hit out on him.
1: Well,
3: look. Oh,
2: we, we know
1: that man's not going to see past seventy-five. We're taking him out. I'm going to make that thing go ratatata. <laughs> Please do, Mark Ben. This has been incredible. Really, really fun. Yeah great to put a face and a voice to the name truly thank you for everything man no thank
0: you guys